Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners, Saul Marquez here. I get what a phenomenal asset a podcast could be for your business and also how frustrating it is to navigate editing and production, monetization, and achieving the ROI you're looking for. Technical busy work shouldn't stop you from getting your genius into the world though. You should be able to build your brand easily with a professional podcast that gets attention. A patched up podcast could ruin your business. Let us do the technical busy work behind the scenes while you share your genius on the mic and take the industry stage. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez here. Today, I have the privilege of hosting Scott White. He is the Chief Digital Officer at Aerosafe Global. Scott is a veteran life sciences and health IT leader with over 25 years of experience serving the nation's largest life science provider, payer, and health solutions organizations. At Aerosafe Global, he's responsible for driving digital innovation, partner and customer relationships, and more. Scott's also actively advising early stage health technology companies and investors on health tech. Prior to joining Aerosafe, Scott was the Chief Strategy Officer at Clear Data, the leading life sciences and healthcare cloud automation and security company, where he helped drive 30x growth. In prior roles, Scott served as the IT Vice President at Common Spirit Health, Vice President and CIO of Phoenix Children's Hospital, and 17 years helping build the healthcare practices at EY, Siemens Healthcare, and Capgemini, serving hospitals, health insurers, and life science companies. Scott has spoken nationally on topics including accountable care, cloud health information exchanges, digital engagement, and genomics. His background is impressive and, uh, and also multifaceted. And so I think everybody's going to enjoy our conversation with Scott today. Scott, thank you so much for joining us. Saul, it is great to be with you today. Really excited to uh, talk with you. Yeah, likewise, Scott. And so before we dive into, you know, Aerosafe Global and the work that, that you guys are doing there, I want to, you know, learn more about you, Scott, and, and have the listeners learn about you and what inspires your work in healthcare. Good. So I think it'd be good to go back in the early days. I was so excited about technology was a programmer early in, in high school. These are the days when apples and PCs were, were just coming out and uh, studied information systems and was excited to, to apply technology to make businesses better. And I was not actually interested in healthcare, but my consulting organization assigned me to a project at Kaiser in Northern California, helped design, implement, and go live with the system in a brand new hospital in Northern California. And I completely caught the bug. So working with physicians and nurses and lab and pharmacy and radiology people and the, the beauty and complexity of the human body and medicine, um, along with having some problems to solve. I mean, there's really some broken workflows and a need for improved information um, sharing just, just pulled me in. And, and that's been a 25 uh, to now approaching 30-year journey of wrestling with problems in, in healthcare. And, and it, it expires me because there's, there are still, um, there's illness and, and disease and provider burnout. There's so many problems that we need to work on and, and to apply technology to, uh, to make things better. And that, that inspires me. Yeah, that's uh, so interesting, Scott. And you, you've been through a lot. And so now you're, you're doing some very interesting work at, at Aerosafe. 
So talk to us about what you guys are up to there and what exactly you're doing to add value to the healthcare ecosystem. Well, it is so relevant to today. Um, Aerosafe Global focuses on cold chain shipping for pharmaceuticals, and that's Mm -hmm. a very important niche that even amongst healthcare professionals, very few knew about it until right now. It's in the national news because of the COVID challenge and the challenge of shipping vaccines, um, some of which need to be at negative 70 degrees Celsius. And so cold chain is front and center, even in the, in the mainstream media. So I'm, I'm thankful to be a part of that, to, as we speak, be involved in the delivery of the vaccines all over the world. And my role on the digital side is to connect our digital cold chain solutions with other parts of the healthcare ecosystem. And uh, so even just this morning, I was talking with a global medical device company about ways to sort of bridge some of the big gaps and problems that we have between you know, the vaccine and, and, and the devices and other elements of the system that really all need to come together ultimately in order to vaccinate people and uh, push back this, this awful pandemic. Yeah, that's really interesting, Scott. And cold chain logistics, it's basically keeping everything cold, right? I mean, keeping it at the temperature through the entire supply chain. That, that it needs to be. Yes, yeah, that's right. So we, for instance, work with uh, controlled room temperature. So it's really mm-hmm. across the spectrum from something that I live in Phoenix, for instance. And uh, this past summer, we had 50 days over 115 degrees. Wow. So even if you're trying to ship something that doesn't need to be really super cold, um, you need to protect it from that that environmental temperature. And uh, so we can do that. And the, the same can go to the other extreme. We, we ship in Canada in the winter or other you know, very cold places that you, you can't actually have get some therapies because you don't want them to get too cold. So we can do controlled room temperature. We can ship it refrigerated. We can do frozen. And in the case of this, uh, one of the vaccines in the news right now, we can ship at ultra frozen too. And we ship parcels. So in other words, we ship all the way to patients' homes and uh, to physician clinics and county health facilities and hospitals and things like that. We ship, uh, and not just vaccines, but it's oncology therapies and insulin, for instance, different, more and more therapies or biologics that, that need mm-hmm. to be kept at, uh, at certain temperature ranges. That is fascinating. Yeah. And, and the environment could give us a lot of challenges and you can imagine it's critical to get these things right. What would you say makes what you do different and better than what's available today? Well, yeah, I was drawn to Aerosafe uh, for a number of reasons. One of them is just amazing in engineering. So Aerosafe has been at this cold chain work for 15 years. And uh, the engineering of the insulation, for instance, is mm-hmm. it's over the top. It's proprietary. It's patented. Uh, our, our boxes are actually used by NASA. We're the only ones selected by NASA to ship uh, cold chain materials to the space station. So it's incredibly efficient and yes, incredibly thin material that you know, gets effectively, if you think about your own home insulation, we can, you know, in a half an inch, we can get R50, which would take you know, several feet of insulation in, in your home. So amazing engineering. Um, because of that engineering, we've had zero excursions. And that's the term used for, you know, has something gone out of the temperature bound? We've had over those 15 years, zero excursion. So it's quite effective, uh, which means that, you know, patients are taken care of. That means that the therapies that they get are, are going to work. Uh, you know, at least they're, they're not going to have a problem because the, the temperature was, was out of bounds. And because that engineering 
Um, and that material, that insulation is so thin, our boxes can be smaller and lighter, which means there's reduced cost. So it's, it's clinically better, but it's also more cost effective. We also have this amazing uh, return process. We call it a loop, an arrow loop. And using our people and process and technology, we are able to get back 98 to 99% of our boxes that we ship out. So that, that's a huge environmental savings. So I, I can tell you just on a personal experience, uh, we have three type 1 diabetics in, in our family. So we get insulin shipped to our house in cardboard boxes filled with styrofoam and then sort of those kind of cooler ice package things that you get in a a lunchbox or something like that. All complete waste. So that styrofoam is constantly thrown away and those freezer packs, those are never reused either. But with AeroSafe's process and the fact that we get that material back, the the insulation panels we get to reuse and then the cooling materials are typically a phase change material or PCM. We get to reuse those as well. So we have 65% less CO2 and 98% reduction in landfill compared to, to other packaging offices options. So there's huge environmental benefits. So the engineering, the clinical quality of no excursions, the environmental advantages are, are excited about, you know, excite me. But the other Final piece, of course, is you know my personal area of responsibility, and that's the digital engagement and the innovation. Because we get these boxes back through this return loop, we're able to add additional Internet of Things sensors that can understand oh, that okay. um, ambient yeah. temperature and temperature of, of the payload and the therapy, and, and there are ways that we can barcode and, and connect the box to um, other, other workflows, again, to squeeze out waste and increase um, clinical quality. So, and really improve workflow for, for providers in the, in the whole ecosystem. So really excited about you know, building upon the platform that we have in that way. That's really interesting, Scott. And so how are people and you know, practices, businesses sending this back? Like, how does that work? So we have engineered the boxes so that the flaps, you know, you open the box up and it's got your two address, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then there's instructions where you close it back, the return label is all ready to go. Oh, is and that right? So, okay. yep. And so if it's a physician office, there's instructions, they just put it outside their door and then UPS or FedEx or something picks that up. But we also have a, a, a systems and databases that allow us to contact those individuals. Um, our contact databases are actually even more accurate than the, our, our pharmaceutical customers are. So be, partly because we have to actually talk with people or email them and we work with them to make sure we get those boxes boxes back. So really, it's truly, it's a people process and technology elements that we built up over years. Um, so mm-hmm. we, we absolutely excel in this particular area, which is you know, really important for this uh, element of reuse. And actually, I mean, in fact, in fact just on the COVID vaccine side, mm-hmm. we've done some calculations. If, if we, uh, you know, there, there'll be several billion doses ultimately that will be distributed. But if we just take 1 billion doses using our process, we can save 3 million kilograms of, of landfill, 340 million gallons of water, uh, 120 million kilograms of CO2 reduction. So real, real, true, and significant environmental savings we have um, through this through this process. Well, and and not to mention the savings with less waste, right? Or what would you call excursions? Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that is yeah. Again, particularly here, it's uh, the COVID vaccine. There's again, it's been in the news of you know, is it even possible? How is this going to work? And 
Um, our boxes it work across temperature ranges, but for you know one of those that's been in the news, we've got a box designed that'll last um, at least 10 days as a tabletop ultra freezer. So in other words, a provider doesn't have to buy a, an expensive freezer in, in order to keep the therapy down to negative 60 or colder. Um, they can just use our box and that box will continue to keep the the vaccine in this case cold for that for that time period and um, and then you take it out and it can be then refrigerated and kept for even additional days and we have other solutions that you know can you can move it from the box to an insulated case and then the case you can take out to a nursing home or a remote clinic and again we can have that case monitor the temperature and uh, keep the therapy at the right, you know, likely a refrigerated temperature for the time that you're, you know, in transit uh, for a nurse or pharmacist or whoever is going to be um, actually administering the vaccine. So lots of great um, solutions that we have to actually get it to the patients and administer. And, and, you know, I would say, I think it's particularly important now because there's been a lot of, uh, you know, well, there's been some politics and news and there's been a lot of fear. And, and in fact, I even saw one survey where 40% of the nurses in one state did not want to take a vaccine, which is really concerning. So mm-hmm. we, uh, from, from my behind the curtain view of working with some of these vaccine providers now and to see the rigorous engineering that our solutions and the qualification and testing and it's amazing what goes into just the, you know our box solution. And the evidence that we have to show that demonstrates that that it works, all that's been done. But but there's some people who are reluctant, and I think if we can get the message out to let people know that the different elements in terms of the vaccine development, the uh, clinical trials, and then very importantly on this this kind of wild card in the news about the shipping and keeping it cold, that we can do it, and we've just we've got a track record of doing it, and people can have confidence. Then I think we'll have greater take-up of the vaccine and less vaccine hesitancy, which uh, is going to be important for all of us. Totally agree, Scott. And, you know, these are the things that we typically don't think about. And uh, really glad that that Scott is here to, to educate us on, on how these things are being done and specifically how AeroSafe Global is doing it better and uh, different. And so what would you say? I mean, it's clear, right? You're improving outcomes by getting these vaccines to us in, you know, the state that they need to be in. As you've, you know, taken some thought into the the approaches that you guys are doing, what what would you say is one of the biggest setbacks that you've experienced and a key learning that that came out of that? Boy, there's been, as you can imagine, a number of of setbacks. I, you know, reflect on on my uh, career, and I think Mm -hmm. there have been different times when I should have been bolder. And taken more risk, and, and you know, for those who've, who've known me and, and worked on my teams, they they know that I do. Uh, I try to, I have taken appropriate risk in many instances, but but there's been some signs where I, I probably should have taken more. And I think uh, all of us in healthcare, that's good advice to to be bold. Um, specifically, you know, more recently, the temperature duration. It's a long time to try to get, you know, up to 10 days or two weeks at this low temperature. And uh, in this case, we're, we're using dry ice and, you know, to make sure we have a supply of dry ice and that box and shipping materials are going to work, that it's very easy to, very easy to handle for a provider. That's another element. I mean, we want a nurse or to be able to reach into a box and then pull out a vial 
a vaccine in order to administer that. Ideally, the person wouldn't have to you know, touch dry ice because you've, you've got to have gloves on to prevent a, a dry ice burn. So we've done a lot of work. So I, I would say, I don't know if they call them setbacks, but certainly obstacles and challenges, absolutely, to come up with an engineer, um, a solution to do this and, and really think through the requirements, to think through the shock and vibration, to think through the security how do we make sure this, this vaccine is like gold? How do we make sure this, this vaccine is tracked and we know where it is from a GPS perspective? That we, that we actually monitor the temperature and know that it's safe across the whole journey. So lots and lots of really challenging requirements that, you know, I think for us that have been working in healthcare for a long time, I think really in the end that that excites us to be able to have some challenges, to, to have some really big problems to solve is a, is a good thing. I think we're, we're blessed to have big problems to solve. And uh, we've, we've wrestled with them and come up with a great solution. And we actually have you know evidence to show that it's a great solution. And that, that's uh, very rewarding. Yeah, I would say so. And as you reflect on some of the comments you made earlier, you know, they're, we're, we're working on, on, on helping people be more confident and, you know, I'll throw myself in there too, right? People, including myself and, and the listeners that are, you know, a little hesitant about taking the vaccine for one reason or another. It's good to have this type of certainty around at least the supply chain process. What excites you the most today, Scott? So I, I, I truly am excited about the digital connections to break down silos, to improve care and to squeeze out costs. And, um, and I can see that this has been an untapped part of the pharmaceutical supply chain. There, there certainly been, a, there's a great foundation and, and, and some good work that has been done. But I think that the possibilities are absolutely tremendous. And this has been done across industries. We look at food safety, for instance, some of the blockchain initiatives that have been implemented to prevent you know, some bad bugs getting through our food supply and to be able to quickly identify those and understand really the, the provenance of uh, where the food has been all the way along. That's exciting. That hasn't really yet been applied to, uh, you know, one might say as certainly as critical as the food supplies are, is our medicine uh, supply chain, medical supply chain. So I think there's, that's an example of, of digital innovation. We, we can pair this in our case, a box, um, a shipper with this amazing engineering and the delivery of a physical medicine and blends that with some digital solutions. And it's a time when the medicine is right in front of a patient and it's right in front of a, of a provider. And so there, there are some very exciting um, things that we're working on in that space. And to be able to deliver medical content to a physician that is up to date instead of a printed piece of paper, we're able to get them the most recent medical articles uh, related to this therapy or a particular diagnosis. That's exciting uh, to be able to share with them updated medication administration information, uh, to share with patients of things that they might need to look for in terms of reactions to the medication and, and care while, while they're on um, a particular therapy. We can present that to the patients now. So there's all kinds of digital innovations that um, some of which we started and some of which are planned. Uh, there's partnerships with other people in the ecosystem that can be accelerated um, via these uh, digital innovations, uh, like the example I used with a, a medical device company, to really break down silos um, in the end to make life better for our providers and, uh, who are on the front lines and better for the patient. So that's 
You ask me what's excited. I hope my enthusiasm here is infectious because I truly <laughs> am excited about that. Yes. Yeah, it certainly is, Scott. And, and there is a lot to be excited about. You know, well, we do have the challenges that we've been presented with. Like Scott said, you know, it's um, those challenges are also a blessing because they're they're making us better. You know, and 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 how we respond to that call is what will will define who we are tomorrow and how we deal with these these challenges moving forward. And uh, what a great time to discuss, you know, this this cold logistics uh, during this time. So I can't thank you enough, Scott. Before we we conclude, I, I'd love if you could just share a closing thought with the listeners. And then the best place where they could visit you and, and you know, learn more about what you guys are up to. Absolutely, Saul. Well, thank you so much. It, it really has been good to talk with you and important to share these, these cold chain innovations and some confidence I think that we can all um, have as part of this process. And in terms of closing thoughts, I would challenge us all to look for hard and important problems to solve and to find like-minded colleagues to, to work with and you know, shoulder to shoulder and then to go for it. In, in some cases, I might be one of those people. So if you if you need like-minded colleagues, you can reach me at S-W-H-Y-T-E, so S-White with a Y, at aerosafeglobal.com. You can also absolutely find me on LinkedIn, Scott White, W-H-Y-T-E. And Saul, thank you again. Really great to talk to you. Uh, big pleasure, Scott. Thank you for, for visiting with us and uh, certainly look forward to Having all these vaccines reach their intended destination safely with your help. <laughs> so uh, thanks for spending time with us today. Absolutely, Saul. Great to talk with you. Hey, everyone. Saul Marquez here. Have you launched your podcast already and discovered what a pain it could be to keep up with editing, production, show notes, transcripts, and operations? What if you could turn over the keys to your podcast busy work while you do the fun stuff like expanding your network and taking the industry stage? Let us edit your first episode for free so you can experience the freedom. Visit Smooth podcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more.